because the kids are off school today. So she thought today would be an opportunity for her to sleep in maybe just a tad more. And it was quite the opposite. I kept her up all night. Let's hear it. Let's hear the snore. Oh, you want it's, it's pretty fierce. Will the mic pick it up? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's great she picked up the phone. back to connect together a podcast by ced part of the industrial solutions network uh last time i said it's the best podcast in the industry it's it's a podcast in the industry and we still got to prove ourselves here so i'm here with uh, uh jeff and brandon again and talking about you know network connected enterprise all that good stuff how you guys doing doing great man great. feeling great great Okay. <laughs> we're just That's, talking about how. Voice. Yeah, we're just talking about <laughs> Jeff's exciting voice, and there is no difference. It's the same voice the whole time. But you know, trust me when I say he gets excited about this stuff, <laughs> even though he doesn't sound it. <laughs> right? Show us how excited you are. We're talking. Uh, we're talking what? Security today? Security. I mean, what's not to get excited about security, right? <laughs> wow. Ooh, I'm here to learn. Oh, yeah. well, then, then you're in the right place. <laughs> so what's the deal? What's the deal? Why, why get excited? Why care? Why care? That, okay. <clears throat> I wrote a few notes, and we're just kind of security. And I'm going to kind of compare it to safety a little bit. Security and safety, they're not revenue generators at a, at a factory. Um, they're, at best, cost avoidance uh, topics are things that need that should get done, but there's there's so much effort put in on the factory floor to make the machines run better, to make sure my operators can run those machines, um, and, and and even engineers and technicians to be able to, to manage and, and take care of the health of those machines, that, you know, plants are squeezed, you know, how many can I, I, I know the OEM says I need five, operators for this machine. I should have a technician, but okay, so can I get that down to four operators and a half a technician? So I mean, the squeeze is already there just to just to get the machines to run. Oh, hey factory, how about security and safety? Oh, okay. Am I make do I make money with security <laughs> and safety? Well, you 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 do if you look at it at the at the long term. It actually is going to be a cost benefit for you, but you know, do I see those dollars and cents, you know, like I do from widgets being pumped out from a machine? Eh, no, uh, but there's a there's a cost avoidance uh, issue with them, and safety maybe a little bit more because I may have a, a you know liability issues that I have to I have to address. So we're going to focus more on security. Um, so <clears throat> security basically. Uh, it's it's the maybe the theft of intellectual property. Um, it's going to be um, local things, you know, passwords, um, knowledge of a of a particular machine, um, maybe um, threat from from internal, you know, from a, a, an inside person. 
Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, ransomware, right? Uh, hey, and it, it, this happens. I mean, we, we have customers that have been ransomed where um, somebody got a hold of information from their, from their plant, from their company, and said, uh, you, you pay me X amount of dollars and I'll release this stuff. So these things are happening and it's, and it's when those things happen is usually when companies react, right? So... Oh, Brands is looking up memes now. <laughs> so, Love it. That's a good one. So good an, one. another, you know, and I'll talk a little bit more. Hopefully, I, you guys get some some leads into this. But company leadership really has to uh, initiate this um, for uh, engineers or operators to bring security up. You know, from the bottom up. That's that's really tough. So, um, company leadership needs to probably start with policies and those policies can uh, shape how uh, a company starts their security down their security path um, you know it can affect um, um, let's say things like um, what people have access to how um, you know as far as vendors coming in what they have what they're able to um, have access to and even internal as and so as these policies get written that's where the the security also becomes part of you know the whole plant floor uh, so it starts with leadership and it and it and their and their policies to improve this so um so i want to stop you there real quick so okay. you know you're talking about all these r ransom hardware and that does sound like you know a grandma getting like hacked and you know, from their personal computer and like, how do these things even get into a plant? I don't understand. Like how, how can people hack into the plant to even get all this stuff in there? Like I thought they're more secure. I thought there's just more people just like focused on these machines. I don't get it. How does that happen? Well, it can, it can be a variety of ways. Some of them could be, um, you know, a phishing scam on email, you huh. know, just enough to, so that, uh, the, the bad guys can get enough information about the company to, to learn maybe how they can, you know, infiltrate or, or get inside the system, whether that's um, <clears throat> through a, an internet and, and, and let's say an unsecure internet connection coming in um, all the way through to um, just data, you know, getting passwords that, that could get them access to a, a database or something to, to gather that information. And then once that information is, you know, gathered what do they do with it i mean for the most part i would bet um you know the the bad guys probably have information on 90 i I'm, don't quote me on numbers here but probably 90 percent of of american companies right have there, there's bad guys that have some information on it it's what they do with it and which ones bring the most value to them and, and maybe the easiest right you want to pick that the ones that are easier so it's all out there um some companies are better than others right but then what happens is once that company gets gets burned, then all of a sudden reaction and say, okay, we got to deal with this. So there are things that, um, for example, Rockwell um, is trying to make this aware, um, you know, make security a bigger concern for factories because um, with all the devices on the shop floor becoming Ethernet, they're all interconnected. It just the, the risk is, is greater because they don't have these proprietary uh, connections anymore, which, which really make it more difficult 
it's it's a common you know connectivity using Ethernet and and you know IP addressing to um, to run the machines. So that that makes that a lot simpler for the for the bad guys because everything is more consistent. So what Rockwell's done is they they say hey. Um, we come up with what's called a defense in depth security approach, where um, the it kind of looks like an onion. You know, on the outside may be those policies and procedures that I talked about from from leadership. Then you get into physical, right? Uh, is the front door locked? Is the back door locked? Right? <laughs> um, you know, the network. Um, so if somebody is is actually trying to get into the network. Do, are they authorized to get in there? What and, and if they are, what do they have access to? Uh, computers, you know, um, patching, making sure that the security software is is up to date. Uh, applications, you know, do I have security on the applications that have that data? You know, on my database uh, information. And again, who can get at it? And what can they do with it? All the way down to a device, you know, which can be a controller itself or a switch or even a drive. So it's that defense in depth kind of approach that Rockwell, uh, and it's not just Rockwell. I mean, this is just the logical way to, to get this stuff done. So is it <clears throat> is it more of like, you know, bad guys, which I like you saying, it's almost like I need a, a picture of Jeff in like a cape, <laughs> like being like the superhero, yeah. like defeating these bad guys. So is it a lot of bad guys that are, that are doing this, or is it also a lot of internal employees, just maybe like mistakes of internal employees, or just, you know, malicious internal employees? Oh, absolutely. All the above, okay. right? Um, so any one of those can happen. Um, the key is, is how can I, how can I deploy these security features but still maintain a, a growth output, you know, from my from my machines and, and from the my operators, uh, because security, you know, is it's going to be an inhibitor, but it's a culture change that has to happen, and that's that's what's tough for a lot of factories because you might have a uh, <clears throat> control specialist and it's like, hey, um, you know, the the generic password to get into all our controllers is Bob, you know. Uh, that's all I have to type, and, and he's in, right? And he big can do mistake his, by Bob, too. Big mistake by <coughs> His Bob. name's Bob. He makes a password, Bob. Yeah, that's right. Way to go, Bob. I'm let Bob back in. So, or it's incomplete, so it always tells you your password is incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that, that he'll be the first one to say, oh, I, I don't, don't make individual accounts for me. Don't set that stuff up, because now it's, it's harder. You know, it's easier when, you know, <clears throat> if I'm not there and maybe my apprentice technician has to get logged in. I don't have to, oh, he doesn't have an account. I didn't set that up. To today, I can just say, hey, just type in Bob for the password and you're good to go. Eventually, what, what happens is all these, all these uh, defense in depth changes that you make pay off in the long run, right? Up front, you know, you're gonna have the complaints. You're gonna have that, oh man, I don't type Bob in anymore. But as long as that plant leadership is focused on, hey, we, we can't have our intellectual property stolen, right? I can't afford to be ransomed, right? If, as long as they understand the risks and they're willing to make an effort to uh, move forward with security at their plant, that culture change, it happens, right? And no. Oh, oh it's Brandon this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm innocent on this one. The last one, the last one. Was oh yeah, smooth. Jeff was like right before this, like I need to shut off my phone. I cannot have that happen again. <laughs> so he shut it off a long time ago. Um, oh, Brandon, it's gonna be it's gonna be me next time too. 
He's important though. Yeah. Brandon is over there. Yeah. So um, I, I could go through some of the Ruckle slides, but I, I, I don't want to. I want to talk more about real stuff, that issues that are happening. So for example, um, you know, there's a, uh, here's a manufacturing company here that knows that they need to make an improvement with security. So, for example, their objective is define a manufacturing security policy that's, that's going to establish standards uh, and organization for securing manufacturing-related information, um, you know, provide a, a cybersecurity framework. Um, this company's, they, you know, they, they've been burned before, and, and they're putting together a plan so they, they don't have that happen again. They've, and what I mean by they've, they've been burned is they've had intellectual property stolen from them. So it's like, okay, how do we change that culture so, you know, security, um, so security is kind of in the forefront. Here's another company here that, that had an internal security audit. And these are companies that, that I would look at as leaders in this space, right? Because there's a lot of companies that just, hey, just make my widgets, let's, let's go. I'll worry about that other, I'll, I'll, I'll manage my security risk later. But um, here's one that had an uh, internal audit. And one of the findings was there's no port security on switch ports, something as simple as that. So what do we do? Well, you could put physical lockouts in there. I can, I can administratively shut down uh, ports. Training, okay? Um, hey, guys, did you even know that you had these open? Uh, no. Um, well, how do I shut them off, right? Uh, password protection, like we talked about Bob, right? Uh, physical security needs. Is, is your cab Are the IT cabinets locked? You know, how about the, um, you know, the cabinets for the machines? You know, if... if if I open up a, a panel of a machine, is there going to be a switch in there that I can just connect right into? And, you know, I, I, heard, the, I heard somebody talking about IP addresses over here. I think his name is Bob, and it's like 192, 168. So, you know, I can set up my computer. I'm, I'm, I'm in, right, that physical part. Um, and then there's, you know, managing the software, too. If, if I can't get at the software to manage, for example, my automation equipment, um, you know, there's another way to, to keep it secure. So, for example, Rockwell's got software or systems called Asset Center that act like a vault. Um, you know, the programs that go into the controllers is managed. Um, only certain people have access to it. If they make a change, I know when the change when the change happened and what it was, and it gets saved. So, um, all these things, you know, are that defense in depth. You know. Um, you, you, can't, you can't boil the ocean, start somewhere, um, maybe a, like an assessment, a security assessment to review uh, like this audit that I'm talking about. You know, what are some things that, that appear obvious? And, and then you, you go after those as a great way or to start. Or even if, if you don't already have an internal procedure that's creating that audit, right, that security assessment can even help you better understand those risk areas, right? So Right, and that's where the, you know, we talk about plant leadership taking the lead here. Yeah. So in, in both the instances, I talk about these, these companies um, that, uh, you know, their, their plant leadership or their uh, company leadership is the ones that were, you know, they're, they're on board with this and they're developing policies and procedures to improve, you know, security at their sites. So that's, you know, that's where it has to start. For, for us to walk into, you know, factory XYZ, you know, in town here, 
uh, and we start talking about security, they're probably going to go, okay, uh, I, my boss isn't telling me anything here, and why would I want to add more <laughs> uh, onto my plate when, when I'm already just struggling just to keep the machines running, right? So it's, a, it's that culture change, and it's, the, it's driven down from the you know, plant leadership or, or company leadership, so... Who's, so who's the most vulnerable? You talked about, like, you told two stories about <clears throat> these big companies that are probably supposed to be leaders in the industry mm-hmm. are getting hacked, right? What about, like, about the small companies that just may not think about it? Are people attacking them? Are they, is that more of kind of like uh, not thinking about it and people just kind of doing dumb things in the factory? Like, Well, to me, it's kind of a, as a, and, and this is Jeff's opinion, right? If If I make, just fact, really, to me. Just fact, yeah. Just, that's my it depends on what I'm making in my factory, <laughs> right? You know, what were we talking about before? We are talking about the wax rings for a toilet, right? Yeah. Okay, somebody's got to make them. Is that a, you know, if I'm a bad guy, do I really want the recipe or, or you know, to make wax rings for toilets? Mm. If you're a competitor. If you're a competitor, but maybe, maybe not, you know. But if I'm a small, you know, startup and I'm making the latest camera for the iPhone or something like that, whoa, now, you know, that's a different story, right? So it depends on who, you know, what you make and, and, and who you are and, and, and knowing that. And, and those, hopefully those plant leaders or company leaders, you know, adjust their policies in accordance with that. Say, I have a lot to lose here. Maybe I don't have a lot to lose here. So, and that's, that's something that we can help them with too. They know their industry, right? So we need information from them as we go in to train and say, okay, let's talk about your products, you know, the stuff that you make. Um, what, do, what are you doing today? You know, what are your policies to protect that? And does that match the risk that you have for what you make? So, so it's a matter of just getting into those, you know, to those guys and, you know, encouraging that security no matter who you are, no matter if you wake, make the wax rings or if you make the, you know, the phone, the camera for the iPhone, there's a level of security that everybody has to have, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we can help, uh, we can help them figure that out. Yeah. All right. Well, and I would say actionable steps, right? Become aware, and you could do that by <laughs> either implementing your own internal audit team, right, to know what to look for. If you don't, you know, start with a security assessment. Become more aware of those risk areas, threats, etc., and then and employ a predictable model that is based on common standards and a defense in depth security model that you, that you talked about, right? And one of those key areas could be identifying those uh, trusted vendors, right? So who can and can't um, access various parts yep. of my facility. Right, but, right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like I said, getting plant leadership involved and having assessments to, to show where your, you know, your problems are at, so. Well, I know every plant leadership is listening to this podcast right now, so Fantastic. get involved. <laughs> what's the deal? Anyways, what's, uh, we're about 18 minutes in, so let's take a break real quick, and then we'll get back in with, uh, I don't know, Jeff is more excited to talk about awesome stuff. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs>
right, now welcome back. We're here We're with here. the one and only Jeff. Well, yeah, he is a he's a master of connected enterprise. He knows everything, everything. Don't let him tell you any differently. He knows it all. He's a master of his emotions too. What do you want? You it. want something? <laughs> <laughs> and we also got Brandon Bernier here. He uh, he knows almost everything, but he's still learning. He's still learning. Me and I know nothing. So this is the mix we got here for this podcast, and we're talking connected enterprise security. And more. So how about we like kind of sum up what we did the whole last 18 minutes? So obviously you you scared enough people. People must care at this point after the 18 minutes. Like everyone wants to do like get secure in their plant. Have to, right? So what's the next steps for them? Well, you know, those assessments that we talked about. I mean, uh, conversations with plant leadership and company leadership just to make them aware of of the potential risks that they have. And then um, to offer up assessments to to go out and find out, you know, how secure their plant is, or you know what what is going on in their plant to report report back. I mean, it, it, that that's not a big expense. At least figuring out, you know, where what are my risks, and then you know start from there. Anything to add, Brandon? Yeah, I think it's really just being intentional about first becoming aware of, of where those risks are at, right? And then understand that we here at, at CED um, can help you on that journey. And it's, and it's a journey, not just like uh, you order a risk assessment and, or a security assessment and your problems are instantly gonna be aware and then we could solve them like overnight, no, right? And uh, the expectation is not to, um, that you have to solve your problems overnight. We, we wanna help, you know, reduce, mitigate, whatever word you want to throw in there, uh, we can help you with that. So be, be becoming aware of that assessment um, and bringing awareness to where your, where your deficiencies are and then knowing that we have you know, trusted standards and procedures to, to back it up. It's not just Jeff's plan. Um, it's, it's a plan that's established and tried and true. Right, right, because you know, the company, Cisco, Rockwell, um, any of the large security uh, companies in the world have options here. So mm -hmm. um, let's start with making awareness happen. <clears throat> Find out what your risks are and, and uh, you know, make steps. You know, let's, and, and maybe that, that initial assessment turns into, um, you know, that audit that happens annually internally by you guys. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, an audit basically is uh, just go out and, and make sure that the things that I told you are supposed to be happening are happening, you know, as far as an internal audit. So this assessment is a way to gather that information uh, to put on an audit. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into this. I mean, that's why we're doing a whole podcast series on all this stuff, right? And so part of the process is not just us training our customers, right? It's getting our people educated on what the heck is going on with, you know, the infrastructure of connected enterprise and everything too. So obviously we have a long ways to go. It's always changing, right? In the world of ethernet and connected enterprise and all that stuff. So uh, I know Jeff, the the person who knows it all, created oh, assessments. You guys got to quit saying that. <laughs> Are we putting expectations way too high for you or what? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> See the emotion showing now. Oh yeah, I mean that was his angry voice right yeah. there. <laughs> it sounds the same. That's why it's really tough. Quit it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he's angry, I laugh. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Uh, 
<clears throat> so yeah, we were even trying to cha- train our employees as well and kind of get them knowledgeable of what's going on because that's a big deal, right? Uh, to have everyone in our facility know what's going on is the same reason that you need to have everyone in your facility know what's going on, correct? There you go. Yeah. You said it. Yeah. You're the smart guy now. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I'm blushing here. I'm going really red. I don't know anything. But uh, it is true. Um, I know Jeff created this assessment, and it would be kind of cool to go over it and kind of what we're, what we're kind of assessing our employees on. And, and uh, what, I guess basically there's 10 sort of questions that – you know that they need to know about but also bringing to light that these are 10 examples of how we can help you the the client as well right so True. it's not so much just an internal training for our team but it's bringing awareness that we're, we're more than the, the guy that can sell you pipe and wire and rockwell controllers right awareness and and that level of knowledge i mean if our account managers can go in and talk at a um at, at a level both technical and and higher level when it comes to all the components of connected enterprise, whether that's cabling, you know, from copper to fiber optics to switches to routers, um, you know, getting into security, right? And um, also analytic software. Uh, that's that's more credibility that, that they have with the customer. And we want that customer to know that our, you know, account managers are, are getting to that point, right? I mean, some of them are there and some of them need a little more, uh, a little more training as we all do. Um, so, you know, this is just a, you know, a 10 question shoot from the hip type thing. Uh, where are you guys at? And this is just an idea of where, if we could answer uh, most of these, um, how you can, you know, present yourself out with a customer, right? That, hey, I, I do get this and I can help you. Mr. Right. Customer, right? Where are we at? Let's go. So All first right, one, cust- uh, <clears throat> a, uh, you're going to ask, you want you me to, I tell you what, I'll ask questions and then you answer. Yeah, I, I have to Brandon, answer. Brandon, Jeff, ask the questions here. But All I right. Want, you know, I want to make sure, well, I want to make sure Justin. God, he is demanding over yeah. here. I like it. I, I want to make sure Justin gets his opportunity to answer too. <laughs> All right. Because, Quiz and, me. Because Justin's going, he goes, I don't get this stuff. I'm going, you know what? It's, you're, where you're at, Justin, is going to be good. You know, your answers to this. Because there's probably some account managers out there that are going, oh, I didn't know that one either. I'm glad Justin spoke of that at his level because now I can understand it better. You glad you're it? using me as a low bar. I appreciate that. <laughs> all Every, right. Everyone does, though, so I'm used to it. Uh, you're, all right, here we go. Fire away. Okay, so if a customer wants to test his Ethernet cable or fiber optic cable, what are his options? Now, before we... Oh, hang on, hang on. I, I, want, I want to jump here. Okay, Make more sure... Time <laughs> okay, on my answer sheet here, my first... Okay, remember, this quiz is not about getting the detailed technical answers. Okay, I'm not looking for that. This th- That's why the TRC guys exist, right? If you Solution need, Consultant Network. Yeah, Solutions Consultant... Oh, right, sorry. Solutions Consultant Network. That's why we exist. So we can help get those 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 technical answers, but we want the account managers to be able to have a, a good understanding at a high level for the, some of this stuff. Okay, so know that going Got into it. this, Justin, all right? Got it. So, customer wants to test his Ethernet cable, his fiber optic cable. What are his options? Maybe the account manager and the customer asks you this question. Not to, not to <clears throat> poke holes in this, but isn't Ethernet cable the same as a fiber optic cable? So, you, better to say they want to test his copper or fiber optic cable what are his options right that that is excellent i mean we could get into when i was when i was putting these together it's like how 
detailed do I even get with these questions? So I tried yeah. to keep it in a way that maybe a customer is going to ask our guys, right? Yeah. So that that engineer, that facilities manager, you know, he's going to say, oh, this Ethernet cable. I mean, is he... Hmm. I don't want to... Don't but the Ethernet cable can be copper or fiber. Yeah, right? it can. So... So it's that it's that more that generic. It may yeah. be what our customers use as terminology versus, hey, that copper Cat six A cable, <clears throat> you uh, know, uh, shielded. Uh, so I don't know. That's so no that you know I didn't get specific. Well, so. this is embarrassing because I was going to ask the exact same question that Brandon did. <laughs> you know, because I don't even know the difference. Honestly, I didn't even know you could even test. I thought you could just plug in it, and if it works, fantastic. So I mean, I didn't know you could even do anything even before. Oh, see, this is perfect. Yes, you can. So there's there's meters that CED provides, can sell to customers to test both, uh, you know, copper cable and fiber optic cable. Hey, I'm supposed to answer these. Oh, gosh. You, go gosh, ahead. Like, no. you're, don't worry. There's, still, not, still there's nine more. All right. Don't I, worry. I, I gave it away. I gave <laughs> right, it away. Don't, sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. <laughs> dig in. No. Okay. You get the next one then. Okay. Thank All you. Right. All right. So um, basically your answer is going to be, um, yeah, there's there's certification testers. I mean, that are you know pretty high end, that are used to make sure that an installation is going to last 15, 20 years. Those guaranteed installations, and there's testers that just verify that the connectivity is there. Um, you know, uh, as far as the manufacturer, I mean, Softing and, and Owl are a couple of of uh, vendors that that encompass partners from Rockwell that provide good equipment to do these these testing. So. Know that there's meters. I love that. I love that back, Justin. It's like I didn't know you had to. You could even test this stuff. Why? Well, I, I mean, I mean, what's the point of testing? And can't you just like just get well, a new cord? I think what he's going work? with is because the majority of the people aren't just buying a pre-terminated cable. They're likely going to buy a, a bulk ah. set of fiber or copper, and then they terminate their own ends. And ah. that's this would be the reason to to test because. Ah to verify that your ends that you've terminated are done correctly. That's good stuff because, I mean, I take that stuff for granted, right? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, you buy that bulk cable. So why the guy can they buy a new cable? Because I got 300 feet of cable stuck in the walls mm. and the ceiling. It's like, I don't want to pull that out. And, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff, Jeff. Yes. So, okay, number two. <clears throat> if you, okay, you, the account manager, ask a customer how they measure their OEE on a machine, and they don't have a real solid answer or not sure what you're talking about. You know, what options would you give them to get started? Well, first off, I would ask them, do they know what OE stands for? I was just going to ask that. There's so many acronyms in this industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there so, is. So overall equipment effectiveness, right? Yes. And I think that's right anyway. Yeah, it is. Um, and how do, they, how do they measure that, right? So there's a long drawn out equation, right, that we can get into from a technical details perspective. At the end of the day, to Jeff's point, this is not a, a quiz trying to detail technical answers. It's what what we have that can help with that, right? And you know, so one software package that comes to mind is uh, Factory Talk uh, Metrics. metrics. Mm -hmm. But then we also have some some new software packages coming out in the the near future uh, that can also help with that. That also might be a little bit easier to implement. Um, as well, but the short answer is factory talk metrics and uh, future factory talk suite uh, products coming out. Yeah, hopefully, you know, when, when you talk about OEE, um, let's say that this was a machine that a uh, that an OEM. There's another acronym for you. I mean, you can just really say OE and then any letter, and I'm sure it stands for something <laughs> in this industry. You make anything so up? So it's OET. 
<laughs> OET? Yeah. I don't know. What do you got? I don't know. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, so this OEM brings in this machine, you know, to the factory floor and says our OEE on this is, you know, 100 widgets a, a minute, right? Um, so how does, how do they measure that? Hey, Mr. Customer, uh, hey, OEM, how do I, how do I make sure that this machine is always getting 100 widgets a minute? Well, that's, that's the, the software that we can provide. That's why, that's why we're asking those questions, right? Hey, Mr. Customer, are you getting the OEE that your, your builder said that you were going to get out of this machine? Let us help you figure that out, right? Yeah, and probably help them figure out what to do with the data, too. I get a lot of data, too, especially oh, yeah. on the marketing side of things. And, I mean, the key is, like, so what do you do after that? What's the important data points that you're looking for, right? Yeah. So you're not getting data overload. And yeah. I think that's what our pieces of software can help with, right? So you don't, yeah, you can get all the information that you want from any of our pieces of hardware that's already collecting that. Uh, but making intentional decisions on critical pieces of data is what's most important, and that software can help with that. Cool. Cool. <clears throat> Number three, if a customer got dinged, technical word there, dinged, on an internal network security audit, where the audit found authentication access issues with the manufacturing network and automation equipment, what would be your response? So the only, the only time I hear ding done an audit, it's usually like money related. That uh, is not the case here. Well, potentially. I know, especially right? with tax season right now. It's like, I'm going to get dinged, <laughs> get dinged. on my taxes. Um, yeah, no clue. Um, well, first you got to figure out what dinged is on a network security audit. Is that like a, so th there must have been like some sort of like, I don't know. I don't know. Something's messed up on the, the, the network. Um, well, it's a security yes. audit, right? See how generic that answer was? So I knew I had to be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we talk about security audit, right? And remember, an audit is um, they, the, the auditors had a list of things that they were told to go check. Go check this switch. Go check this controller for a password. Go, you know, all that stuff in there. So they're just systematically going through it. And they found issues, right, on, the fa on this particular factory floor. So the, the customer has this audit, and they're going, hey, CED, what, what do I do with this? Well, um, let's, let's understand what their problem is a little bit more. I'm going to go back. One of the options is actually an assessment, right? Mm -hmm. Let's do an assessment that maybe talks a little more English, that gives us a little more uh, comprehensive view about, you know, what the security um, status is on your shop floor. And then we can take the audit information and, and deal with it. Remember in the last security segment, we talked about that where they found um, open ports on a, on a switch, right? So, hey, CED, what can I do with this? Well, we have options. One of them starts with training. Another one, there's, there's you know, simply putting plastic plugs in some ports. Who I mean, sells that stuff? Panduit. Oh, yeah, that's right. And us. And CED <laughs> slash CED, right? Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's the answer. Hey, well, you know, if this doesn't make any sense to you, maybe an audit or not an audit, but if your audit doesn't make sense, assessment may help make more sense to this. But if you have specific things on here, let's go through them one at a time. Is that them doing the audit or us doing an audit? Um, they they did the audit. So for example, the, uh, ding, does that mean he's the winner or what? <laughs> oh, I got, I got some ding going got, on my, I just, you, you just I got literally dinged. got a ding. You got ding. Dinged on my computer. So it's, it's just a matter of, hey, uh, you know, Mr. Customer, let's help you out, right? That our account managers know what can happen in an internal security audit. 
right? And uh, let's let's help us let's help assess this. Let's help mitigate some of these issues. So that's it's that understanding that the account manager knows what happened, you know, know the terminology of what this all means and and how to how to help and mitigate the customer. They need to know how to take the next step, I guess. Yeah, you right. Saying cool. All right, four. <clears throat> For customers complaining about a machine that's always giving them maintenance issues, causing downtime and lost dollars, what would be your response to start helping them? Hmm. Let's <clears> say <throat> this machine is 20 years old. Let's say this machine doesn't... Get a new machine. Get a new machine. <laughs> well, there... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. That can be pretty expensive, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly an option. Yeah, right? I mean... But well, we talked about this earlier, right? You can put... Uh, Something to monitor the, the machine, right? Right, right. Oh, my gosh. I got one, right? Yeah. Well, do they even know why it's going down, right? It's going down, but do they know why? Right. So, to your point. I got, I got operators that, monitor, that maybe adjust knobs and, you know, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm adjusting the hydraulic pressure on this just because something isn't working right. And these things aren't even being recorded. So the maintenance guys don't even know this is happening until all of a sudden, poof, you know, I, I, I had a bunch of hoses blow because my pressure was up too high because an, uh, the operator <laughs> made an adjustment that probably shouldn't have. So hmm. how can I, um, Mr. Customer, guess what? We can put sensors on this machine, even if it's 20 years old, and start, and you know where your pain points are. So let us help put sensors on there bring this data back to a point where we can collect it and then we can show you, you know, oh, look, at, at 12.30 today, the pressure changed on, you know, your hydraulic pressure changed. Hmm, how'd that happen? Well, huh. probably, probably an operator made an adjustment out there and then now you know. So you have, you have, you have a way to really manage and, and know what's going on in the machine. And you can't manage until you measure, right? Yeah. Right. So really, it's a difference between a, a brand new machine and someone going up to 11, just turning a dial. <laughs> um, it, okay. <laughs> no. You know, chances are these... Do you see that look? He's just like, you are wrong, Justin. No, I'm not wrong. I mean, <laughs> you know, we want to... I mean, new machines are great, right? Uh, but in a lot of cases, you know, this machine, that's not in the budget, right? I'm yeah. not going to replace a million-dollar machine today. It's not, not feasible. But I can spend a few thousand dollars on adding sensors and recording this information and being able to manage this. Okay, question five. You got it? Well, I think really, oh, so... Go back to that one. Let's identify just what what are some of the solutions that we would have, right? So we oh, have got the sensors, yes, um, to collect data. But to do something with that data, you know, factory talk metrics, again... Uh, historian even and then again those future softwares coming in the form of factory talk analytics for m machines or devices um, so keep in mind those are the, some of the um, software solutions that we would have to to help uh, collect and make intentional decisions with that data yeah software and appliance mm -hmm. you know a lot of good things coming from rockwell um okay i'll ask this one then you answer it how's that one How's that going? Okay. Okay. Oh, he just already knows I can't answer it. No, like we got to give Brandon a That's shot. <laughs> so if a customer is asking what kind of Ethernet cable they should run between machines and their IT distribution cabinet, and the distance is 500 feet, what would you recommend? Um, I'm going to go with fiber. Um, I don't know the, our limitation of copper, but I have a feeling that copper 
isn't recommended at that length. It, it so, is a distance thing, right? You, so so you're I, right. I would I would say something in the form of a fiber would right. be would be the appropriate answer. I was going to say long. Well, <laughs> long, very good. Thank you. Thank At you. least a 500 foot cable, right? So I guess Jeff, can you elaborate then? What would be the the limitation on copper in terms of distance? Well, generally, um, copper is going to run. You know, your links there are, are set at uh, 100 meters or about 300 feet. Okay. That's usually the, the, the limit with, with a copper cable. Um, fiber, obviously, is the next uh, media that can extend um, thousands of feet, even miles, if you wanted to, um, to deliver that same thing. Now, there is there's other options here where, well, if, if it's only uh, 300 feet, and I got a 500-foot distance here, why not go 300 feet and put a cabinet in there and, and, a, and a switch and, you know, I'll, I'll you know, repeat the, the signal and send it again. Well, that's okay. It's more expensive though. Well, it's it? more expensive. And then you also, you're introducing more of a management issue. Okay. That, that seems simple and everything right now, five years from now, th that may become a headache to manage over time where fibers is probably your, your fiber is your better answer. Uh, that other option is okay, but you know that that's got management issues down the road. So, if a customer is ready to get a quote on Ethernet switches for inside their machine and at the at the distribution point in their network, what would you say, Justin? Here's Jeff's number. <laughs> no, that's that's what we want to. That's okay. I mean, but. We want our we want our account managers member to kind of go oh okay, Ethernet switches inside a machine. That's our Stratix line, right? The Rockwell yeah. Stratix line, and machines at a distribution point. So you might be saying, what's a distribution point, right? That's that area in the network. Inside the machine is considered my access area, and that's where the Stratix switches have the sweet spot. The next layer up, where I have to um, maybe I have multiple machines, right? and they all have to talk to each other. So that next layer up where they all connect is called the distribution point. So what's my option there? Well, it could be a Stratix, depending on what's going on, but then it could be Cisco. So um, it's that knowing that Stratix is a play possibly in both, and that Cisco is a play possibly in the distribution area, and then, hey, we're, we're a Cisco reseller. Okay, we're a Cisco partner. So that's that. That's really all the knowledge that account manager has to bring in to show that, hey, I get it. I know what you're talking oh. about. And, but, you know, hey, Mr. Customer, I don't know exactly which switch, right? You know, um, let me bring in my solutions consultant network team specialist on that, yeah. right? So, huh. but it's that, it's that knowledge of what do I need in a machine? What's the distribution point? And hey, Mr. Customer, I do get networking. Right. He's, Jeff is getting really excited about switches there. <laughs> this is awesome. He actually, is, his voice did raise a bit there. Whoa. There was definitely Love some it. inflection there. You could feel Heck it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm loving all his hand gestures. If you could only see, he is very I, animated I when, with, with how he talks. Yeah. I almost set up the camera today, but I didn't know how you guys were coming and looking. So yeah, it up. <laughs> next time. Okay. You want it? If you ask a customer, if you about ask. how they so that's you the account manager asking got to make okay, sure okay so hey mr customer how do you do remote access um, how do you handle your government regulation projects ergo serialization um, or or how do you access um, 
your control techs to control our programs. Um, what, do you, what do you tell them when you ask those leading questions? And they say, I don't know. Huh. I don't even know what that question's even asking. It like, is, it's, tough, it's a tough one. So remote, are you talking uh, like mobile or just outside of the plant? Outside um, the plant. Anywhere outside the plant. Yep. Okay. Or, or in the plant, but not in front of the machine, right? I'm remote. Okay, so how they're doing that. How do you handle visibility? I would say probably the huh. best thing to... Gosh, I have no clue. I mean, I can't even come up with a clever, witty answer for that. I don't even understand. So yep. <clears throat> is it more of like enterprise sort of customers? Or people no. just... Okay. Doesn't matter. Huh. So overall here, it's the connectivity. You know, what do I have to interconnect my whole plant floor? Because what we find is that there's a lot of manufacturing plants out there that have, oh, hey, do you got networking in your plant? Yeah, I do, over in that machine over there. I got networking over there. And, oh, hey, that machine's got networking too. Really, do you, do you interconnect, you know, those machines? And, well, I don't have a reason to. Oh, you sure? Because maybe there's some government regulation that you need to be aware of that if you were connected, it's going to be a lot easier to implement, right? Huh. Or if you need remote access... If I had my whole plant interconnected, I'm going to be able to handle that more strategically in a, in a standard sort of way instead of, oh, i got to do something different over here and something different over here. Or you don't have to wait for Bob to come <clears throat> in to maintain that equipment. He could quickly remote in from wherever he is at. Right. Okay. And, and the control techs, you know, um, maybe they're, they have their laptop and they're sitting in front of a machine, but they don't have the right program, you know, to work on that. So if you were inter if your plant floor was interconnected, it's just like oh let me get online here. I'll go to this, you know, file server. Or this my my Brockwell uh, 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 Asset Center that's got all my information. That's got all my programs, and I can pull all that information and and work on the machine. So it's all about just interconnecting your network. You know, don't you know a plant that's connected. You've got networking right, but is it all interconnected? Because there's so much value that that uh, that can happen when you have everything interconnected. So what are the industries with most like government regulations that you'd almost need to do that? Like food and bev? Or food, bev, yeah. and pharmaceutical? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Anything to do with, you know, health or things that go inside, <laughs> go inside, go inside a person's body. <laughs> That's usually where the, re you know, <laughs> the more... Government, get yeah. out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if a customer is wanting to know what CED um, Rockwell has that competes with Wonderware, Ignition, you know, basically the competitors to uh, Rockwell's analytics. Um, what would you tell them? Uh, we got it, and <laughs> it's the best by far. So, so what's much better? What's it? The yeah, what's it? the. <laughs> So we have a <laughs> what is it? What what is it? We're just we're just drilling you right now. Man, <laughs> um, the com uh, you know there's factory talk view view factory S talk C. view se yep see yeah yep. there you go thank you got see? It. Gosh. that's what I was getting to yeah absolutely is that right oh yeah, see yeah actually, oh. well yeah. that's you know that 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 can be part of the answer but again it's that um, hey Mr customer just so you know that that Rockwell does have products that. See, I was right. See, we got it. We, we just said it. that. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> um, good products that that are really uh, comprehensive um, and and soon to be um, or is niche. Well, 
Oh yeah, that's right. The, they're they're kind of released the new factory talk analytics for machines and devices. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, um, it's it's that hey, Mr. Customer, I know what I'm talking about. Okay, I know that I have uh, a system or software that can compete with with these guys, and it works really good. Okay. If a customer asks you what the difference is between a Cisco IE switch and the Stratix counterpart, what would you tell them? Ah, oh, oh, man. Um, wait, here's another acronym. What does IE stand for? Yeah, industrial Ethernet. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy. Um, well, I know there's a Stratix switch that combines or it works with Cisco, right? That was in the last podcast. I think we covered that a little bit, right? Ooh, you remember? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm learning. Um, the Stratic switch. Cisco and Rockwell got together to build the Stratic switches. Yeah. So inside the Stratic switch is a Cisco engine. Okay. Um, how the what makes it industrial is what Rockwell brought to the table. So, what's nice about that is, hey, Mr. Customer, if you're uh, your IT people in your plant, uh, they standardize on Cisco. You know, by putting these Stratic switches in there, they're going to understand what's going on because these are their Cisco switches in a in a Allen Bradley box, right? That has been industrialized. What does that mean, industrialized? Well, it's it's made for the plant floor. A lot of what, for example, Cisco builds, you're going to see 19 inch rack mount that that maybe uh, that have fans for cooling and that type of stuff. It's made for an environment. Right, I'm using my hands again, right? Uh, made for that environment where an industrial switch is like this switch sits inside a cabinet mm. that cooks all day or maybe I have wash down areas. You know, there's there's stratic switches that are capable of... of uh, on machine. Dealing, yeah, on machine. Oh. So it's, it's made for the factory floor versus a data center, right? Huh. But it also has some intelligence, right, that would be... Uh, that would that would help it be more familiar to to manage than a traditional Cisco IE switch because from a controls tech perspective they're not familiar with how to how to write CLI or command line interface right. uh, to manage it right they want to use Studio Five Thousand and right. with with Stratic switches you can you can do either right you're an IT guy you want to use CLI great fantastic you can do that um, if you're a controls tech that needs to get some some data out of it using your familiar Studio Five Thousand software. Fantastic! I can do that too. Yep. Right? Yeah, with your add-on profiles, yep. I can I can use my logic software to manage it. Yeah. Um, that's what you know the the difference between the two. But you know the the Cisco switch doesn't have that that feature. So. All right. Last but not least, if you hear a customer say one or some of the following words phrases, how would you reply? Just so focus on the keywords. If you hear keywords like Cat Five E unmanaged switches, OM1 fiber optic. I'm going to stop right there first off because this is probably like 12 different words here. So let's let's kind of break this down. Cat5e, what does that mean? Is that a bad thing? Well, the as far as the whole list there, Brandon, that, we would, that you could go through, mm -hmm. basically if you hear any of these, it's older technology. Okay. And... You know, and, and in my answer down there, I, th I think, uh, hey, if, if you're a account manager, you should be like licking your chops here because your customers got some old stuff. Okay. Right? So then to continue then, I left off at uh, OM1 fiber optic cable, uh, control net, 10 megabit, Windows remote desktop access, spreadsheet, handwritten <laughs> recording. 
No passwords needed. Still needs Windows XP. Unshielded Twisted Pair. So the list goes on, but to Jeff's point, it's all based on a antiquated way of thinking. Right, right. right. So any of these brings opportunity to uh, you know help the customer get into a, uh, a newer, more modern system that's going to be scalable, right? These, a lot of the things that you talked about here that the phrases and words, Brandon, are things that um, they're not scalable. You know, they're not going to have a long, a long-term life to them. So we want to get in there and, hey, Mr. Customer, you talked about um, still needing Windows XP. Okay, you probably have some old uh, controller software that, you know, that you need, that, that's why you need that Windows XP, which means you probably have some really old controllers, which means that, you know, are any of those end of life, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a modernization option there. Um, but why, why, why jump? I mean, why would a customer be like, it's working for me now. Why jump into this new stuff? Well, each like one you of said, those. said it's expensive, right? Each one of those has a, has a reason. You got to have a reason, right? I mean, why do I want to spend this money? So back onto that, it's like, well, this controller, for example, is, is not available from Rockwell. The only place you can get it is out on eBay or something like that. And you're going to pay. Matter of fact, I just talked to a customer the other day that spent on a, on a slick I don't remember which one, but he goes, yeah, I, still get those, he goes, I, I spent 15,000 bucks out on eBay for one of those. And it's like, he said, I could have modernized and done it cheaper and better, but I, you know, I didn't have my, my controls guys, the guys who manage it weren't ready for that. So it's like, you know, that's fine. So as they bring this stuff up, let's that, talk about training. Let's was that Bob just hoarding slicks in his basement? Yeah, I don't know. Just charging we're, we're a ton of money. <laughs> But that's, but that's what, what we're talking about with this here is that customers probably got some older equipment um, and, and maybe Bob's about ready to retire. He's going, see you guys. Good luck with those old slicks. You know, it's like, well, wait, Bob, we need, to have, we need to modernize before Bob walks out the door so we know how to take care of this stuff, right? And that's what a lot of those are is, is better ways of doing things. Unshielded twisted pair. Hey, maybe you need shielded because you have a, you know, a, a high voltage uh, installation that, you know, that I have to be aware of. Um, no network management. Or what is network management? Okay, let's talk. Because guess what? Everything's going Ethernet, right, Mr. Customer? How are you going to manage all that? So any one of those has a story behind it um, that if a customer says that, something's going on and there's an opportunity there for both, uh, you know, our account managers to, to uh, work some sales, their sales magic, and to help the customer out and help modernize and, and make their factory floor better. So, how'd I do? Cool. How did I do on that? You did on that question. Just in, in general. Just in general. Um, not a hundred percent, but okay. that's okay. You're improving. Okay. You're learning. You you took some content from the last podcast and you. I, I am you, learning. You applied it here, so that, that's fantastic. <laughs> like you guys are just uh, you know just I don't know just being so nice to me right now. It's yeah. fantastic. Wait till later until we're off. <laughs> No, I thought it was good. Um, that's good stuff. Uh, I think at least more people need to know about it. I didn't know anything about this. I, I know broad stuff on Connect Enterprise. I, I keep hearing it's like, oh, we got to, these customers have to get into them connected and do all this and IoT, and I have no idea what's going on. It's like, right. I and just our, know people are supposed to. And our account managers, I mean, we have such opportunity out there because nobody's, nobody's out talking like that question 10 there. <clears throat> you know, our competitors aren't out there talking to, 
um, you know, their their factories that maybe they have customers and about this stuff. I mean, this yes. is a great way to to hey, Mr. Customer, let's let's modernize, let's let's start moving with this stuff. And so there's opportunity for the customer to to improve, and opportunity for our account managers to say, hey, you guys are you, you, this is exclusive. You guys, nobody's out doing this. You know, be be first, get there first. Be first. Get there first. That's how we're ending this. Winner. Man, that's going to be on. Put on a shirt. Be first. Get there first. (laughs) Brand new podcast. It's next podcast, right? (laughs) By the Industrial Solutions Network of CED. Heck yeah. I I do love that, by the way. Be first. Get there first. There you go. Heck yeah. It's a new model. Hey, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. We're here with Jeff and Brandon and me, Justin. Until next time. Bye. Au revoir. See ya.